Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Remarkable Orator. I'm your host, Anika Apple, and I'm so glad that you came by today. Come on in and get comfy because today I have a special guest, none other than the remarkable Leilani. She is a fellow earth angel, a channel for the divine, so connected to source, so incredibly full of positivity and love and optimism that there's no other name we could have had for this episode than Droves of Hope. In this episode, Leilani and I talk so much about the collective grief and heaviness and outrage at what's been happening, particularly in communities of color. And we talk about the challenges that exist as you're going through and making decisions about leaning in and expecting hope to come. And we celebrate the fact that when you say yes, hope will follow. And that by leaning in on faith first, you can ensure that hope will show up. Leilani talks quite a bit about um, her upcoming book, and I'm so excited um, for that. It's called The Paradox of the Water Bearer. I cannot wait for it to come out. I'm looking forward to being there at the front of the line when she comes to drop her book here in Atlanta on her book tour. But she's got such great stories to tell, and that is why she's the perfect first guest for The Remarkable Orator. Leilani is the creator and host of the Intuitive Activist podcast. She is a truth teller, a modern day shaman, and she's an activist and an incredible earth angel. And her purpose is really around being the voice to help amplify Source's voice. Um, She works very hard to ensure that um, for all of the people that she works with as a coach, um, as well as people throughout the collective that she inspires, encourages, and helps to direct, that they really are honoring their gifts and that they're manifesting the purpose and work that they have been purposed for by source. I am so glad that you're stopping by to hear this episode. It was absolutely amazing. As a matter of fact, during the episode, I look at Leilani and there's a rainbow sitting right over her shoulder. And it stayed through the second half of the of our um, interview together. It was just magnificent. As if you didn't already know that she was amazing, our guest has a rainbow sitting on her shoulder. Um, I just am so glad that you'll be here with us today. And without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to my dear friend, fellow Earth Angel, an amazing beacon of hope and light, the beautiful and talented Leilani. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, my beautiful friend. Thank you so much for coming. Leilani, how are you? 
Hello, dear Anika. I am so good. So good. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. I am. No, thank you for coming. I'm so excited to have you here so that you can share some of your story. You are like truly glowing right now. Like, I mean, the energy, I feel it. You You look amazing. Oh, this old thing, this old face that I just put on (laughs) five seconds ago, because I just came back from a run. (laughs) The sun's like shining, like right over your shoulder, but how are you doing? How are you? If I'm really honest, I, so for those of you that don't know me, I am, I am very tapped into the collective collective energy, collective grief. And there is a lot of heaviness in the air with all of the violence toward the black community. And I have been, um, just feeling it all. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with all of you. And I, I think I'm just, I'm angry and outraged and disappointed in those that have lighter skin like me. And, um, I'm, so I'm definitely feeling a lot of that and I'm also a beacon of hope. So I'm, I'm balancing this, this anger and this very real way of seeing everything unfolding before us and also know that I'm a child of source and I know that there is always hope and there's hope in droves on its way. And so it's, I'm holding both. I'm holding it both. I'm holding it all. Yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna, I want to dig into this hope in droves. It's funny we were texting this morning about faith, right? And so which I is come, every morning. Uh, this is true. <laughs> this is true. This is how we start and end our days, and it's mm. why we're so sunshiny and happy because we have each other. Oh gosh, thanks. Um, thank I goodness. Just, thank goodness. Exactly. Thank goodness. Thank God. Thank Source. Um, I, I have cognizant that I did not really set the stage for you to introduce yourself because I just wanted you to share just your energy and glowing. But why don't you spend a minute in intro? Who are you? Tell us a little bit about who you are, Leilani. I'm Leilani. Uh, you can find me on so many socials at Shaman Leilani. So I'm a shaman. I'm a truth teller. I'm an author, an activist. I host a podcast called The Intuitive Activist, who... Many of you may know because Anika was one of my guests on The Intuitive Activist. And so my big work in the world is to use my voice to amplify sources, plan, sources, message. So my first book drops in July. It's called, yeah, it's called Paradox of the Water Bearer. And Mm. it's all about my spiritual journey over the last, specifically over the last year or so. And it's, Again, I am here to radiate hope, and it's really about how arduous and beautiful and tough spiritual journeys can be, how tough healing can be, and so that that is dropping very soon. I'm super excited about that, and the Intuitive Activist is just a space for me to bring in pretty much just my friends. <laughs> <laughs> to come in and, you know, talk about what it means to be intuitive and to be an activist and how to hold those both simultaneously. And so I do a lot of work around um, social justice, racial justice, and I'm also a divine channel. So 
really bringing in people who jive with that. Um, it's doing really well. I'm kind of surprised by how well received it's been. I'm, I'm so blessed in that way. And yeah, just lots of big things. And I am truly just a follower of source, like source points me in a direction and I just keep marching. So that's my plan for now. Who knows what it looks like in three months, but I'm here for all of it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, when you say you're surprised, <laughs> why are you surprised? I what guess, <laughs> I don't know. I probably because it took me so long to just start my podcast. Like, I, I think it's human nature for us to say, oh, well, no one's going to care what I have to say. No one's going to care the ways that I think. I had, I bought this mic actually that I'm using right now. I bought it a year before I actually, not even a year before I started the podcast, like a year before I seriously was like, okay, I'm going to start this thing. Um, and so I think for me, it's like, I talked myself out of my efficacy around, you know, being a voice and being a voice that people want to hear. And so for me, it was surprising because I was like, oh, oh snap, like people actually are caring about this. People are reacting. I, I had so many emails and, and messages from people who were just like, this is so needed. This is what I needed to hear. And I, yeah, I just, I think I continue to be surprised by the impact that I have just by being an open channel for, for source. Cause I, I feel like I can't even really take credit for any of it because I'm, I'm just open. I'm just like a conduit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. I want you to talk a little bit more about what being an open channel is. So what is a channel? Um, how did you find, how did you figure out, how did you unveil for yourself that you're a channel? Oh goodness. Ooh, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we could devote the whole episode to that. You know, it's all about the story. So, yes. so honestly, when I think of, it's even hard to put my finger on when I first knew I was a channel because it goes way back into my childhood, to be honest. I always sensed spirits. I sensed angels. I mean, I have, and I tell this story in, in my, I think my first podcast episode that my mom, I actually got in trouble once for drawing angels on the wall with crayon and so I've been touched by, you know, this etheric <laughs> realm my entire life um, to the point where I can't go into haunted houses without like hearing messages. And, and it was just, it was really scary for a long time. So I spent most of my life actually being afraid of my gifts, which again, could be a podcast episode in and of itself for all of us. Right. And it wasn't until about this time last year when the images that I was getting were not mine, the voices that I was hearing were not mine, and I just started trusting them. And what I found was when I was with somebody and, an, and a message was coming through and I communicated it to that person, there was a very strong correlation with that person knowing what it meant or, oh, that's my grandmother. Or, and so 
as I started to just trust my gifts more and speak to, again, coming back to voice, and I spent a lot of time cultivating my voice. And, and I don't mean that as like my actual, it's like trusting that I had something mm -hmm. to say. And I think that's something that a lot of women of color, I think that's a journey that we all, a lot of us go through. And so I finally was, you know, I had this perfect intersection of I'm trusting my voice and I'm trusting my gifts. And finding that when I started to speak up and, and just say, hey, I'm a channel, this is what I'm hearing. And I don't think I've ever, I know this is gonna sound so crummy, but I don't know that I've ever been wrong, right? Because I think that I was born to be a clear channel right? And, and even when people are like, oh, I don't quite know what that means. They'll call me three days later and say, I got it. Got it. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I, <laughs> I've received it, right? Um, and so I think that there, for me, and I don't know what it was about COVID. I think it was the slowing down. I think it was the slowing down and just making choices around self-care, which I was not doing prior to COVID. Um, I think the more that we slow down and the more that we actually take care of our physical bodies, our emotional bodies, our mental bodies, our spiritual bodies, it really gives us the opportunity to let those gifts really just help us remember them, right? And, and air them out a little bit and kind of try them on. It was just kind of a perfect storm of, okay, the slowing down is really uncomfortable, but I also have a little bit more space to you know, take care of myself, even though I was juggling a toddler at the time, I still was able to find space to just, you know, work. I think work at the time I was working in a corporate role and people were just a lot more lenient about what was, you know, acceptable, what was productive, what wasn't. And so it was just this perfect storm of like, okay, my gifts just kind of like, like kind of yeah. blew open. Yeah. And I said, yes. I had to really, I had to say yes and say, okay, this is happening and I'm going to honor this. And um, the more that I brought those messages forward, the more I felt like I was being trusted with more messages. Mm -hmm. So it became this kind of snowball effect of it, it got more and more and more intense. And then what I started to realize, and this is something I talk about in my book, but when George Floyd was murdered back um, last year, May of last year, something else cracked open. It was like, I was starting to already see my gifts manifest, but then when the collective kind of came together to say, you know, we kind of had to pick a side, right? Like either this was okay, or this was not okay. What happened? Mm -hmm. Um, and there was something about that collective shift that like even made my gifts open up even more. And I started to realize my connection to the collective mm -hmm. and just the collective energy. So I know this was kind of a long roundabout way to say it, it feels like when I look back on it, it's, it's hard to say, okay, exactly what, where I realized I was a channel and all that. But I think it's similar to a lot of the ways that people have gifts. I mean, you know, those of you listening to this know that you have gifts that you are either afraid of or not trusting or just not willing to say yes yet because of the implications of what that would mean. And 
for me, it was like, I, I had to really make a choice. I was faced with a choice of like, are you going to begin to honor your gifts and basically say yes to source and, and how those gifts are meant to manifest for me in this life, in this dimension, or are you going to say no and continue to play small? Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't, for me, it's easier to say yes than it is for me to say no to source. So which, which we should all take a page out of that book. Although I do know from personal experience that sometimes you do want to say no to source. Oh, I, I always want to say no. <laughs> I, I mean, because it's like, Ooh, like uh, this is a lot of work and it's, it's not easy. It's incredibly uncomfortable. And there are so many times when being comfortable just sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I've been uncomfortable most of my life. Yep. And just kind of choosing the easy route is, sounds pretty nice sometimes, but that's not, that's not who I am. And even though I do want to say no at times, I know at the end of the day, I'm always going to say yes. And I love that. And I, and because I know you so well, um, you are truly one of my dearest friends, my soul sister. I feel like mm -hmm. I've known you for lifetimes. And in fact, I believe that is, is the case. Yes. Um, when you say that you continue to say yes, it's interesting because I always think about how when, you know, we are living in our purpose and doing what sources intended us to do, we have divine appointments with other people. And so there, there is, I think the more that you know, the more wisdom that you have, the more understanding about how things work and how we're connected, you recognize that not saying no, not saying, or not saying yes means that you could impact someone else's ability to reach their full potential, to have the blessings that are planned for them, to live into what they've been purposed to do. Um, and that's heavy. That's heavy. I think you're really tapping into this oneness, the collective. We, we tend to think, especially in American culture, we tend to think we're very separate, that we're independent, that, you know, it's, it's easy to live a life where I'm just kind of impacting my own little bubble, but it's just not true. Even if, if you physically never interacted with people, you still have energy that is impact that is just rippling out. And it doesn't just ripple out to this world. It ripples out <laughs> to, into the universe. I mean, there is science that says, you know, the flap of the butterfly wings in it, you know, it impacts so many things. And so I think what, what you're saying too is, you know, the decisions that we make, the choices that we make, it amplifies, it can amplify the collective or it can bring the collective down. And I think that we're at a state in our world right now where a lot of people are choosing low vibration choices, right? This is the state-sanctioned violence against the Black community. This is um, the insurrectionists. This, there's so many choices that we're making as a collective and we're normalizing this violence. We're normalizing this oppression toward our most oppressed communities, the ones that have the most to lose, right? And I, I think that I, the, the information that's coming through and what is what I'm channeling in this moment and I just want to convey is we have people far on both sides of 
of the line of what is the high vibration work that is going to bring our collective forward, such as healing and hope and love and justice and all of that. There's, there's that side. And then there's the side of status quo and keeping things as they've always been and oppression and, and there's never been a time where so many people, and I, I guess this is for this dimension, this world, but, but what is really important to note is this dimension and the, the conflict that we're in is going to ripple out into so many other places, right? Um, I'm not going to get too into all of the dimension stuff because <laughs> I, I don't want to lose anybody. But what I do want to say about that is um, what you choose, whether it is what you eat for breakfast or how you decide to spend your life working, like both of those choices have impact, mm -hmm. right? And, and, to and to go into every choice with intention and, and putting a certain level of energy behind the choices that you make, it's going to either amplify uh, the, the vibration of the collective or it's going to be bringing the vibration of the collective down. And if you are in a space where you think, well, what I do doesn't actually affect anybody, you're fooling yourself. It's just not true. It's, it's not true. You're absolutely right. And it's, I think it, it, it goes to this whole piece of humanity. So I know like during, you know, last year and this year, I talk a lot and post a lot about for the love of humanity, because we tend to spend a lot of time separating ourselves and segmenting ourselves by different things. We're women, it's, you know, I'm Black and African-American, or it's our AAPI community, or, you know, Indigenous community, or, you know, socioeconomic status. We just spend so much time doing that. And really, what we are supposed to be doing and leaning into is what, how we are all connected how we are all one, what is it, what is in the best interest of all, instead of this continued isolation of people from one another, which actually is a great way to create divisiveness. It is a great way to continue to have the kind of pain that is, exists today. Um, and I think that there's like the, this, the timing for us to make decisions with intention to your point, about recognizing that our action or inaction is going to have an impact is huge. And I want to go, I want to tap back into something that you talked about earlier, because you said, you know, I've been, I've been uncomfortable most of my life. And so going back to this, recognizing that you're a divine channel, you know, hearing what you hear, which I know to be the voice of God. That's how I define, I define it. Um, we both, we both are aligned that God is the source of, of all and, res and respect source being the highest power, the power, right? That all of our listeners will have some connectivity um, to. But at the end of the day, when you were hearing, hearing, not when you were, as you are hearing source, you have to trust with immediacy that what you're hearing is true. What could you tell our listeners about how they 
can begin to trust what they're hearing, what they're sensing, because I think this is a, this is a lesson that people need to start to understand in order for them to recognize that they need to have intention. If they don't know that there is even an, an opportunity for what they're doing to have an impact, how will they start to shift their mindset? So say a little bit about that. Yeah, something that I think I'm not entirely sure if this answers this question, <laughs> but what but what I really was hooking into was something that you said about how do people know, you know, because I what I think what um, I think that what's been really, really clear as I've really stepped into this role that I've chosen for myself in this life as this channel, as, as a warrior for source is, um, that a lot of, we all have this inherent gift. We have inherent spiritual gifts each and every one of us. I think people look at me and they're like, oh, well, that's Leilani. She's just, she's just a channel and I'm not, and, but it's, it's just complete BS because we all come into this world with this connection to source, this connection to the divine realm. We come in with, with these spiritual gifts. And what I hear you saying is how do people know how to trust, like if they can trust their gifts, how do they, and what I hear when you say that, and maybe we can, I can have you repeat the second part of the question, but what I hear then is I hear fear. That's, that's what I hear a lot of, um, in your question, but also in the folks that I mentor around their own spiritual gifts, there's a lot of fear of like, Oh, am I just making this up? I saw a sign, but maybe I'm just making it out to be more than it is. You can let go of all of that because if you're even thinking, oh, that could be a sign, it is a it's a sign. It is a sign. And if you're hearing something that you're intuitively thinking, oh, this could be guidance from an ancestor or whatever, you're absolutely right. And you can trust that. Period. Period. Right? Period. Period. Full stop. And, but it's true. And I think that we tend to get in our own way. We let our intellect and our ego get in the way of our absolute truth, which is we are divinely created. We are divinely created and we have divine gifts. And it is easier for us to, in this, in this culture that we've been conditioned into, it's easier for us to kind of blow it off as, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just making something up, right? It's easier for us to stay small in, in the sense of like fitting in, right? It's easier for us to stay small than it is to just be like, oh, I just saw a sign and I'm going to, I'm going to trust that. And I'm going to go take a risk because of that. Right. So for me, what was required, I see the sphere of like, I have a very um, specific example. I had a friend who I was just connecting with. And then I saw like an old, I saw an image cause I'm, that's a lot of the ways that my messages come through. It was like this older late, like a grandmother and a little girl dancing in the kitchen and flower going everywhere. And I was like, I just took a risk. I was like, I have no idea what this means, but I'm seeing this image. Do you have any idea? And it was her and her grandmother. It was her and her grandmother and her grandmother. She said that, that what she knew about her grandmother and remembered about her grandmother is that she was always kneading bread, baking bread. And there was flour going everywhere. And honestly, 
I was terrified to say something because there is so much fear around being wrong, mm -hmm. right? There's so much fear around this message could mean nothing. But if you think about the risk and what you're actually, and this is something you always say is like, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose, right? When you start to lean into your gifts and you start to lean into the fear associated with your gifts. And I think for me, it was like seeing that the risk of staying small far was far greater, right? Than I don't know if I'm saying that backwards, but it was just, it was, it was too risky to stay small. It was and too risky to stay yeah. small. You're not saying it backwards. Um, it, it is risky to stay small. And it's funny, as you recount that experience, I think about the courtyard. And um, so you guys can't see me, but I'm just gritting over here because mm -hmm. having Leilani here, like, I know you think it's for you. It's really for me. Um, so, cause I just get to enjoy my treasured friends, um, as she pours out knowledge that is reaffirming things that she tells me as well as sharing it with you on your journey. Um, but I, but, um, I don't know, maybe it was like a month or so ago. It feels like time has gone so fast, but I saw the vision of you and, and your grandmother and in the courtyard. Um, and I will tell you that while, you know, I, I'm very clear about who Leilani is and her connection. Um, and I have as much confirmation as I would ever need that she hears from God, um, that I was still afraid to share that with you. I was like, yeah, so I'm kind of flowers. And then finally, I was just like, look, I see a little girl in a bench in a courtyard and all of these beautiful roses and, you know, here's what it is. And um, we, I think we got on video right after that. And you showed me a picture that you've just recently drawn, right? It's amazing. Um, I just, I think I just want to stop in this moment and just say, you have to trust your gifts. You know, you've heard what Leilani shared. I would tell you for me um, that, you know, as someone who does hear God, as someone who is also a channel, as someone who has been working many years before I understood my gifts to rid myself of external validation, it's tough. It is tough, you know? We, we want acceptance yes. and belonging. And mm -hmm. it's, it's why we're sitting here today because what we are doing in the work that Leilani is doing, she is creating belonging for mm -hmm. people to be their mm -hmm. true selves, their whole selves, their full selves, where you don't have to show up with a piece of you that's acceptable in this audience and a piece of you that's acceptable in this audience. Instead, it is, this is who I am. It's what I believe. And I treasure that about you. And that is the work that we need people to be called to do. You're hearing this right now. And you know, it's pulling at your heartstrings right now. It's as if Leilani and I are just like grabbing hold of you and pulling you in because this is what you're supposed to be doing. We have to be our full selves. Have you ever tried to make a puzzle with pieces missing? I mean, can you imagine like at the look on Finn's face, if he's trying to make a puzzle and there's like pieces missing, I know both. Oh, it'd be a complete like, meltdown. My right? son is who she's referring to. 
I mean, we need all the pieces of the puzzle and you can't be a full piece of the puzzle if you are not fully tapping into what you, what you are supposed to come bring. That really matters. That really does. Yeah. I, um, I want to go back to what you talked about in the beginning about hope and having like having hope in droves. Like, how do you, how, what, how do you manage to stay in that space in a time such as this, where not only do you see what's happening in the world, but, you know, I know that you know that there's just, there's so much darkness, right? Um, and just the intentions that people have for people, certainly we sit in, in just such a dark time, as you mentioned before. Um, I think about, you know, my community, the Black and African-American community. It's like, we're at full, like we were at yeah. full last year. Now it's like, there's just no room left. No. How do you encourage hope to continue in times like this? I think that, so I, I'm very, very lucky to have the gift of vision. So I see to the point where my brain is constantly, constantly flittering about of like all of the different possibilities and the different potentials. That's just the way that source created me. I get to see all of the different paths that, that we can take, not only as individuals, but paths that we can take as a collective. That is just who I am and how I've been wired. And so for me, especially when I feel hopeless, because that is actually one of the hardest places for me to be is to feel hopeless mm -hmm. because of the way I've been divinely created to be a beacon of hope. So when I feel hopeless, I feel lost. Yeah. And I know that a lot of my fellow you know, I identify as an earth angel, like my fellow earth angels, my fellow channels, um, source led agents, right? Like when we are hopeless or feel hopeless, it, it's really hard and it's dark and it's, it's dreary and it feels very lonely. Right. And so for me, what I always have to come back to, and I've been told by source, like that's when you drop to your knees and begin to, to pray. That is when you call on me to ask me, where's the hope right now? So for me, what that generally looks like is like, just show me a possibility where I can have hope again, right? And luckily I have the gift of vision to where I can see, okay, this is actually a possibility. This, this is a way forward. And a lot of times for me, hope isn't some sweeping big thing. It's, it's like one. And I think this was your analogy is the path lighting up in front of you one stone at a time. So for me, sometimes hope is like, I get to put one foot in front of the other right now. Like hope for me is like, okay, I need to call my girl Anika because that is what's required in this moment for me to find hope. Right. Sometimes it is like the big vision a year out. I mean, I've been shown a lot of, a lot of possibilities with this book, with this podcast. Like I do have like those visions as well, but when, when I'm in the depths of my hopelessness and the depths of my despair, hope to me looks like one stone lighting up. And that's, and again, that's still a choice. You still have to make the choice to, to walk on that stone, to choose the path that's been set out for you. Right. And so 
what I would encourage the listeners to consider is what, what could it look like for you to say yes with that one stone lighting up when it does feel hopeless? Because that is where hope comes from is being empowered to move forward, right? So a lot of times I think we think of hope as this thing that we are like moving toward, but sometimes hope can't come unless we say yes. Mm. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it requires that choice first in order for hope to come. And that is one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn because who wants to move forward when there's no hope? Right. I think of like, I'm such like a pop culture junkie. I think of like Lord of the Rings with like Frodo. I mean, like in Mordor, like it's hopeless. <laughs> it's like dark and volcanoes and, and there's like, it feels like there's no hope. And yet he's still putting one foot in front of the other. Right. And then here come the Eagles at the end, just like come here to save them. So hope came after. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or and the so sign, the viewing of it, right. Came exactly. After. Like sometimes hope is, is something that's just not, you're not going to see right away. And that has to be okay. Because in order for us to actually carry out the plan that was divinely created for us, we have to be willing to trust, right? We have to be willing to surrender. And sometimes that's in the absence of hope. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think I go to faith and that, that, you know, that is our belief. It's like, it's in the unseen. So it's, there's nothing about faith <laughs> that is tangible. It's not, it just doesn't exist in the physical. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't hold it, but yet you believe. And so to your point, it's like, it's the faith that hope will come when you say yes. Um, and very similarly, I think to you, what I always hear in those moments of despair, and I definitely have had my depths of despair, um, particularly as I look at what's been happening in, in, the, in all of our collective communities for people of color, because it's just been painful. Um, but in those depths of despair, it really is about this, this piece of leaning in, you know, on faith and going to the word. Um, I find a lot of solace in remembering what God has said. Um, and then I also would say that I, you know, have had some really great conversations with him. One of the, one of the things um, that God showed me last year was me sitting in the midst of the storm, like, you know, legs crossed, meditating. And I was like, yeah, okay, there's a storm happening. I'm not going to be sitting there in the midst of the storm meditating. When that first came through, my daughter drew this picture. I think I shared that with you. Um, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. It's exactly what I do now when there's a storm. It's like, instead of getting frazzled, running around, like I'm, you know, out of my mind, it's like, at this point in this moment, I need to just come right back to center. What is it that you need me to do? So, you know, I think to our listeners, I would encourage them to do that. And much like what you have been encouraging me to do as well. Well, yeah. And it, ma it makes me think of, um, so you go to the word, which is like, that's your go-to for me. It's, I go to people like you <laughs> when I feel really hopeless. And I mean that because for me, I have, yeah, I'm, I'm a powerful channel, but I also surround myself with powerful channels, 
Right. And so for me, when I'm feeling hopeless and again, like I still, I will go to source and, and, you know, meditate and do all of the things, but I also need my community yeah. of people who can yeah. reflect back not only what they're hearing come through from, you know, ancestors and source and all of that, but also just reflecting back who I am and what I know, right? Sometimes we need people and to be in fierce community with people who can remind us of how we are divinely created, Absolutely. right? And so, so for me, you know, so hope comes from, you know, the ways that I described it, but also hope comes from my community and that, and my community is incredibly intentionally curated at this point, right? My community, I do not, I am almost, almost kind of to a point of, you know, I, I, of course everyone belongs to me, but my go-tos are intentionally put in my life. Like, okay, here are my go-to folks who I draw upon to remind me of who I am. Right. And, and so what I would encourage listeners to also consider is who are you surrounding yourself with? Because that is also a reflection of, of you. It's a reflection of like, where is my energy going? Am I even being intentional about where I'm spending my energy and with whom? Because that is so important as we think about like having meticulous self-care in order to have these abilities and to be able to, to source from our abilities, we have to have this meticulous self-care. We also have to have meticulous care around who are we allowing our energy to go to. Yep. And, and what I hear right now is like, it's a reflection of how you see yourself. Absolutely. So this piece, so this piece of like, what am I worth if I, if I surround myself with people who don't treat me in that way? And I want to challenge back the, um, to our listeners, this piece about belonging. And, you know, if you are in a space where the people who you are spending time with don't create belonging for you, you've got to ask yourself, that's where you're supposed to be. If they don't show and demonstrate the value to you that you demonstrate to them, is this where you're supposed to be? If you're struggling with that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode two, because I do talk about that um, quite a bit in, in release about, um, you know, the recognition that there were people in my life who didn't love me in the same way or show me love in the same way that I poured it into others. And I wanted the love that I received to look more like what the love that I gave. Um, and so I think I, when I look at my circle and I got a bad circle of, of people around me, they are phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, and they pour into me in the way that I need and they honor me all of who I am. And I just don't have a lot of time for people who are just not, you know, connected to the place that I am um, in my life or who I would have to not be comfortable saying I'm an earth angel or that I'm a channel or that I love God and I will release anything and anyone in my life. Um, we are, that's what God asked me to do. We are ride or die. <laughs> we are ride or die for source, for sure. With that question. I think that, um, yeah, I, I keep hearing. So a couple of things, um, be unapologetic about who you give your energy to. Mm-hmm. Be, be unapologetic about who you surround, with whom you surround yourself, right? And the other thing I keep, um, 
again, I'm a pop culture junkie and it's actually a lot of how my guides communicate with me. And so I'm thinking of the book and it's a movie now too, called the perks of being a wallflower. And one of my favorite quotes comes from that book. And, and the quote is you accept the love you think you deserve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let that sit in for a sec. Right. Mm, so mm, when mm, I think mm, of, mm, <laughs> I'm going to let that simmer for a sec, <laughs> but it's very true, right? We are, we accept the love we think we deserve. That was most of my life is mm. not feeling deserving of the love that I was actually giving out. I was like, why, why are people so bad to me? It's because I didn't know how to love myself. Mm. It's because I didn't think I deserved more. Right. And so when we think about the people we surround ourselves with, I think it's really important for us to say, okay, what is it about myself that is accepting this love? Mm -hmm. Like really turning that back on yourself to say, okay, what part of myself needs healing? Because yes. right now I'm accepting this love that on some level, I think I deserve. Yes. What's coming can... up for you? I'm Yo, so you, curious. You already know what's coming up for me. What's coming <laughs> up for me is I'm so glad that they're listening and not watching my facial expression right now. Um, what's coming up for me, honestly, though, is, and why can't I ask for it? Why can't I just say, what is it about the value that I have or belief that I have about what I deserve that stops me from saying, I need you to show up in this way? I need you to tell me this. I need you to be open to hearing. I need you to ask me, you know, whether or not what you're giving is really meeting my need. I need you to care about that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and that's hard. I mean, and if I reflect back, I can, I, I can reflect back in relationships in general and just say, it definitely has been a weak spot for me. Um, and I'm still working on it. I acknowledge it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I, um, I think I actually shared with the world that I was divorced on your podcast. Um, but just sharing, sharing that conversation with my ex-husband of saying, like, I really struggle to say what I need. And so I really need you to hear me when I tell you what I need. I need you to hear me and I need it to look like X, Y, Z, because, Otherwise, I won't know that you that you heard me, and then I will retreat and I won't share it again. Um, and I still see some of that. And I just tell you, you know, really open that that I believe in telling stories to help bring healing forward. And so I share that with all of you because I think I know you'll find yourself in in some of these pieces. And I want you to, you know, take that moment later today to really think about how will you heal that place in you? One of the ways for me has been having the affirmation about the love that I deserve. I am loved, lovable, and loving. I deserve love in my life. And I tell myself that every single day. And when I am finding that love doesn't look the way that I want it to, I call Leilani. So have a Leilani. <laughs> Have a Leilani, have an Anika. Have a Leilani and you'll be just fine. All right, my friend. So when, when I say the word repair to you and you think about just what's going on, what, what is it that comes forward for you? What do we need to be? What do people need to be doing? Who do people need to be for us to repair? 
Again, I, I'm not sure why the information is coming through in this way. I, I thought I'd be, it's funny. I have this like a rainbow right It's here beautiful. Too. I wish you guys could see it. <laughs> it's a rainbow right over her shoulder. Right over my shoulder. Um, and I guess, okay, so I'm seeing this as information and, and this is how, this is how my brain works. So there's a rainbow over my right shoulder, right shoulder, the right side of our body is divine masculine. And so um, when we think of the divine masculine, the divine feminine, our divine masculine is broken. It is broken. Oh, what is happening, Anika? Talk to me. Oh, I'm having a moment because before <laughs> you logged on, I just, I was having my conversation with, with God and I'm like, should we talk about divine masculine and feminine today? I just feel like this is yes. like, it's one of those things. So if it, if the conversation goes in that direction, we're just going to pour all in. So clearly, clearly, <laughs> I, I mean, it's right here. And, and so what, what I am intuiting about this sign that's like right, very visibly in front of us is that our divine masculine is so out of balance. And when we, for those who are new to the concepts of divine feminine, divine masculine, divine feminine is the intuition intuition. It's our divine connection. It's, um, I mean, they're both divine, but it's really about trusting the unseen, right? That is very much the divine feminine. The divine masculine is about structure. It's about ritual. It's, it's more of the scene. And it's a lot of what makes up our world today. We've gotten to a point where the divine masculine is now toxic. It's become toxic masculinity and we're actually sick right? When we think of our divine masculine. So when I think of repair, it's really about getting that divine masculine and divine feminine back into balance. And you can do that a couple of ways. You can do that by trusting the unseen a little bit more. You can do that by leaning into your divine intuitive knowing, um, or you can do that by letting go of some of the masculine, right? Being willing to not work that extra hour, not work that extra meeting, not not really prioritize industry and this productivity, this toxic productivity and like be willing to rest instead. Um, and so when I think of like repair, I think of repairing the ways that we move about the world and really beginning to question what is actually acceptable, right? Because we, we tend to, especially in this American Oh, capitalistic um, culture, we tend to think that normal is working ourselves literally to death. I worked at a corporation and it was not completely uncommon for people to just die, right? Like, and, and you know, and, and again, it could, it could look like, oh, well, they had cancer, they this or that. And it's like that stems from, you know, our immune systems are compromised by things like stress and these expectations we're putting on ourselves as individuals, as a collective. And so how do we bring that into balance? How can we repair that? And that can be like one small thing you do every day. Like I am going to log off from my computer at five o'clock, no exceptions every day. I am not going to check my email at night. I am, you know, I'm going to take a vacation period. I, I, so many people I know that have like banked up so much time and they're like, well, it's not like we can go anywhere. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Take some time off. You deserve to rest, especially my black and brown folks. If you have time banked, take some time off because, and I say this to like my black friends all the time, like 
you just go take a nap? Can I bring you some food? Can I just like, can I just take care of you? Because you need to rest and rest is revolution, right? Rest is very much leaning into both just your divinity, right? But very much like this divine feminine, this healing aspect. And so that's what I think of, of repair. It starts with us. It starts with making choices again. Like it's funny that choice is so, so coming forward right now, but it starts with making choices that prioritize really your spirit mm-hmm. and the health of your spirit. Cause everything stems from that. Your emotional, your physical, your mental health, none of that will be in alignment if your spirit is out of whack. So you have to start you have to start prioritizing that. I'm being very preachy. I don't mean to be. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to my world. Welcome, welcome to my to world. Podcast. podcast. <laughs> Where healing comes from hearing the preachies. Um, but truly, no. And, you, and it's funny because exactly what you said earlier was choices around self-care. And so you said choices around self-care and then it came up again through repair and it came up through seeing the, the um, divine masculine and the toxicity that we, that exists today. Um, I am absolutely going to do um, a, a podcast um, dedicated to divine masculine and feminine because there is a, there is a message that, that God has been pushing through about what the roles are for us um, in how we bring balance back to the world. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that one. Um, and I think just digging in a little bit deeper, I love that you talked about taking your time. Um, and I think the thing I would add to that is to truly unplug during it because it does you no good. It's not good self-care to say I'm going on vacation and then have your work phone and your laptop and take a couple of conference calls from the beach with a Mai Tai or in your backyard, COVID, with a root beer. Like you still need to unplug. It doesn't matter where you are. You've got to be able to give yourself some time away. I love And my that. brain didn't even go there. Cause when I say I'm really, I'm just really good at resting, I think. And like, and, and truly unplugging. Cause my brain doesn't even, I'm like, Oh, I'm on vacation. Why are you texting me? Why are you calling me? You know, like, um, but I think we all need to be that unapologetic about it. This is your time. You have earned it, right? Absolutely right. Uh, and I think that to stay plugged in, you're just you're continuing to buy into that narrative that you don't deserve rest, and you deserve rest. Absolutely. Oh, you know, I can talk to you all day, every day. And I, I got to tell you, I love you. And I have to tell you, you have such a remarkable story. I'm going to have you back because I think there's okay. so much <laughs> tomorrow. Um, there's so much more for you to be able to share about your story. And um, I know that the book is, is coming out, The Paradox of the Water Bearer. Um, I'm so excited to read it. Like I will, to be clear, if I don't buy like the first copy um, on day one, I'll be really upset. Um, so I'll make sure that I don't miss I it. Am, I am coming to Atlanta in my book, on my book tour. I so can't wait. I'll see I will you be in there. Atlanta. <laughs> I will be there first in line if I have to have a folding chair and um, stand outside the night before. Cause I know. You won't. Oh. I'm not going to be. No. <laughs> okay. No, okay. They're going to sell okay. out. They're going to sell out. Oh, I love you. They're going to sell out. (laughs) Um, But 
you know, I won't, I won't have you tell us too much about the book, but I do want you to give us a little bit of a tidbit. Tell us, tell us yeah. a tidbit. Tell us, a, tell us the name of your favorite chapter and maybe a little bit of it, of the essence of it. Ooh. I know I'm making you pick. That's Man. probably not fair. Okay. It doesn't have to be your very favorite chapter. You know, I, I, I won't say it's my favorite, but it's the one that I've already shared the most with honestly, women of color. Um, the name of the chapter is called lavender and it's all about this, this untruth that we in this, in this current state of the world tell ourselves that there's not enough time, that there's not enough work, that there's not enough resources. And it's, it's all about scarcity and it's all about how we buy into this notion of scarcity and, and how damaging that is to our spirit. Because what it does is it tells us that we have to do either do certain work or we have to perform a certain way in order to survive. Mm. And what the universe in that chapter was telling me, and most of my book is just channeled. So if you just want like a bunch of downloads <laughs> from divine <laughs> by my book, because that's pretty much all it is. Um, but, but this, this notion was very much, and I'll just kind of paint the picture for you. I was walking my dog and it was spring. No, it wasn't spring. It was summertime, like late summer. And I was walking by these giant lavender bushes and I saw all these bees working and these bees were like, you know, harvesting, like getting the pollen and doing all the things. And I kept noticing, I, I had never noticed how many bees there were. There were so many. It was like a, these swarms of bees. And every now and then they kind of bump against each other and they, oh, they go to like a different bud. And it was like, it was so natural to see the ways that they did work. And there was just so much lavender. So it didn't even matter that they were kind of like going to the same thing and they're like, oh, excuse me. And I'll just go to this one. And, 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 and I think that we get into this space of like, no, that was my lavender bud. No, that was mine. And, and, but, but truly it's like, there was so much lavender, right? And so we tend to like compete, but it's all just a facade. Mm -hmm. It is, it is an untruth. It's the matrix, right? If we, again, pop culture. I don't know. <laughs> like if we think it's just not real, the scarcity that we get into. So we end up being in these jobs that are truly killing us because we think we have to work in a certain way in order to survive. But what is actually true, what the universe has like downloaded to me is that when we actually stand firmly in our gifts and we begin to trust our gifts, then the work that comes from that, if we're able to trust that, there will always be enough because no two people are made alike and no two people have the same gifts. And if we just really sink into that truth that the way that I'm divinely created and the purpose that I have here is one of a kind, there's always going to be enough work. But I see it. I mean, my, my Clark Kent um, persona for the time being is I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion coach and consultant. And it's, it's rampant in this field of like, well, this is my work. And you know, because you do similar work, it's like, I think that we tend to think because, you know, we have to survive and we, we put in bids with customers that we normally wouldn't work with because we're like, oh, we got to like 
got to make that money. We got to hustle. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, actually, I'm going to be very clear about what it is that I can offer. And I'm going to be really unapologetic about my ideal client. And that is where the vibration becomes higher versus being in a mode of scarcity where we're just competing for the same work. When that might not even be the work that gives me any... It doesn't give me any energy. It doesn't give me anything. So why, why am I working so hard? I hate working. I I tell people (laughs) all the time. I'm like, I don't want to work very hard for this. So let's just make sure that it's a good fit so that we both can like not spend extra energy. I spent my entire, you know, first part of my career in jobs that didn't align with who I was. So I was spending all this extra energy and I was always exhausted, like on a spirit level. That's not how we're supposed to be. Absolutely. And when you find the things that are connected to your purpose, they're energy giving. So it's not pulling out of you. You're being refilled as you give. It's like that cycle. It's beautiful. I mean, that's how I feel right now. Yeah. That's how I feel right now. I mean, this is, this is beautiful. Like this, this is life giving and this is soul nourishing. And I, you know, I think that find what that is. And that's what that chapter really is about is like just trusting that our gifts will show the way for there to always be enough. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I love you. Before (laughs) we wrap, um, three things that we don't know about you, just rapid fire. What on earth could I say that people don't know about me? I am the most open book. Okay. Okay. These are going to be kind of goofy because like the deep stuff, everyone knows. And if you don't know, you'll read it in my book. So, um, (laughs) the first thing that I kind of surprise people with is I'm a trained Muay Thai fighter. I actually, I, yeah, in my twenties, I trained for years and years, um, Muay Thai. So I am a pacifist, but I'll kick your ass if I need to. Right. Knew, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think most, I knew you could, know, but I didn't know that. <laughs> know that I'm scrappy, but I don't think people know that I'm like trained scrappy. Oh, so I love it. So that's one. Um, two is I'm, I love video games. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, I see. That's this great. Is, this, this, see, I'm saying, I'm actually saying things. Awesome. And it, I mean, is it though? Cause it's yeah, kind of, it it's kind of my, it's a vice of mine and I don't even want, I'm embarrassed to share the kinds of games. They're not like puzzle games or it's like call of duty. First person it's, shooter. Huh? For, okay. ugh, it's All right. so, I don't know what it is. It's so embarrassing. And it's weird to say that now because I'm like, who I am. I'm like a divine channel. And yet I play like horror games that are very like graphic sometimes. I don't know what it is. Like I need to just like connect with that every now and then. And then, um, third thing, gosh, a third thing is, I guess, um, my big, my big dream for my life that this, I don't know that I talk about this a ton, but, um, I am just going to own it right here and now. So I, you know, this is my first book. Well, I published, quote unquote, published my first book when I was in grade school. I was in second grade and over the summer I wrote a 75 page book. God knows what it was about. Who knows? 
And I brought it back to my librarian and they actually put it up in the library. So I technically have been published since I was like seven, but this is, you know, this is my first actually published book that's coming out in July. Um, But the life that I am leaning into is that I'm an author and I'm going to travel the world and see as much of I, as I can of it and write books that inspire people and help them step into their divine gifts. So and so it is. And, and so, so it, it and is. And so it will be, right? And so it will be. No, it won't. And will so be. it is. So it is. <laughs> so it is. It's funny when you you shared your first two, I was like, I already knew I was taking you into battle with me. But now, like, you've confirmed it, like, absolutely without it's a question. a little scary, like, how easy it, it was for me to learn martial arts. And I think it's because... I think I've, I've lived many lives where I've been in battle. So it was, yeah, it's fun. I, I would, I can definitely see that. Well, it has been such a pleasure. And I just, this rainbow, I wish you guys could see this rainbow. I'm going to have to like take a shot of this and um, so we share it somewhere because it's just beautiful. You are absolutely incredible. The incredible, phenomenal, beautiful, brilliant Leilani. Um, Thank you for coming here today. And um, typically I'll do my last remarks um, separate from the podcast, but I'm going to do it with with you here on the line because I do believe that you should give people their flowers now while they have the opportunity to enjoy them. And so... You know, the moment of gratitude today is for your circle. I've always believed that you should have, you know, a board of directors, you should have your go-tos, you have, you know, your people surrounding you who really help you. They reflect back to you who you are. They challenge you in the times where you really need that swift kick. They love up on you when you really need to be lifted back up. Um, and it's amazing to me that in, you know, the, this last year of my life, my circle shifted quite a bit. You know, there's a couple of pillars and they are like, they will be pillars for forever. Um, but there's some brilliant new relationships and even friendships that um, have just strengthened. And when I look at this very moment, you know, with Leilani, with the rainbow hanging over her shoulder, Um, And I think about, you know, that my closest group of friends, they're exactly who I need in this moment. Everyone has a very special gift, a very special thing that they are able to pour into me, a very special place that they can reach. You've got to have a tribe. So the gratitude moment today is for having a tribe, the right people, because with the right people around you and your eyes still always connected to source, connected to God in my case, you will not fall off. It is in my moments, and Leilani could tell you all my secrets, which is why I have her as the first guest on the podcast, so she will not reveal them all. But I will just say that there are just moments where you just don't remember that you have what it takes to get through it. And when you have a great tribe, they will remind you. And if they have to, they will stand in front of you and pull you forward. So make sure you go out today and thank your tribe. Ensure that you assess your tribe and that you have the right people around you. 
but pour the gratitude into them. And Leilani, I just want to pour gratitude into you. We've known each other for a shy of a year and it feels like an entire lifetime. You are such an incredible blessing and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here. It is so mutual, friend. Thank you so much. And I love you. I love you too. I love you too. I so appreciate you. Whew, what an episode. Thank you for joining us on The Remarkable Orator. I know that you've enjoyed the conversation with Leilani. She is just magnificent. And of course, as we closed out with our last remarks, um, giving honor and gratitude to our tribes. Leilani talked in, in the episode about having a curated community and how important it is for us to pay attention to who we allow our energy to go to um, and being unapologetic about who you keep in your circle. And I think those are great points to add on to our last remarks. So honor your tribe and continue to curate that tribe, making sure that you're really bringing the right people and keeping the right energy around you. She talked about leaving the, scar the scarcity mindset behind, and that is so incredibly important as we walk into this time. There is more than enough abundance available. It's just about us leaning in and reaching out with expectancy to have it. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Leilani in this episode is, I've been uncomfortable for most of my life. She goes on to say that choosing the easy route sounds pretty nice sometimes, but that that's not who she is. And I know that to be true. We all have those moments where it's like, ah, oh, it would just be easier if I just played small. But we know that there's nothing that we can achieve if we're playing small. It is our responsibility to play big. And Leilani talks about playing big for source. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope that you heard the word hope so many times that in your dark moments, that in the times where you feel the weakest, that you will remember this episode and the word hope will come racing to your mind. And you will be reminded that if you first lean in with faith and then you say yes, that hope will come. We're leaving you with droves of hope here from The Remarkable Orator. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Peace and blessings.